Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There we go. Marked the 10 seconds beautifully. Here's your, um, here's your intro. <laughs> <laughs> This is 20 Minute Tims, and this week I am joined by Stephen Hello there. Hello. and Melly. Evening. And I am your host, Jamie. And how was that for a weekend of Celtic football? <laughs> we had Not just mu- Celtic. Much Not to talk Celtic. about, much to talk about. We'll get into all of it, but especially that, that bit you're, you've got a wee glint in your eye Aye, about. It, it's yeah. true. It's absolutely <laughs> true. You're right. We will get into it. And before we do, I suppose we must talk about our Patreon service. Um, as usual, the Patreon has been packed this week. Four podcasts on the Patreon, Stephen? Since we last recorded on Monday night, yep. yes, four indeed, so including a double header of Melly at the match. Melly has been in attendance at both games this week. Never a day off for that man over there to no, my left. Absolutely not. Melly at the match, you were at Kilmarnock this week, Melly. How was that? Yeah, good and good to good to beat them. Do you know why? Why? Because see, the last time we played Kilmarnock, Scott Brown won the league at Rugby Park. Yep. There was 3,600 more people there because they didn't give us a stand. They gave us less of a stand. And we still beat them. I saw that. I saw that on the cameras. It looked absolutely abysmal. It looked like there was no Kilmarnock fans there whatsoever. Yeah, they just spread out their fans between three stands instead of cramming them into two. A good advert for Scottish football. Great <laughs> advert for Scottish football. That, but I think Kilmarnock have now lost six on the trot, so yeah. it's not really encouraging their fans to come in. Um, and then you had your glorious return to Celtic Park for Celtic v Ross County. All three of us were in attendance. Yes, That's right. Yep. Um, how was that for a, a twenty twenty homecoming? Did you say Happy New Year to the guy behind you? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> no. It was good. Good to be back. Yes. Me and Steph, very cold in the second half. It was. There was one man who lit up everything. Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't know what Melee at the Match is, it is our a sort of immediate reaction podcast. That's exactly what it is, yes. comes out straight after the game, recorded more or less at the game. Yeah. Um, and it gives you instant match reaction after the game as well as some pre-match thoughts and a little a little flavour of the game with some sounds in and about the ground. Yeah, the line stories and the songs, you might the say. The stories yeah, and the songs and the guy selling the hats and scarves. He's becoming a regular <laughs> on this podcast. I wonder if you know. Yeah, we record them every single game. Um, we also had Rankin at the reserves. Um, Tom Rankin of having a rank fame. He attends the reserve games for us and gives us a lowdown on the guys in the development squad and I suppose the guys you need to look out for. I went with him last week as well. And how was that? Yeah, you're Celtic to it. You're not this yeah, week, are you? P the T, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Karamoko scored an absolute roster and Luca Connell scored a peach as well. It was a good wee game. Did you see the picture of Karamoko and Julian that went viral? Yeah. Brilliant. Bring your kid to work. I'm worried about Karamoko. Boy needs to put on like mm. a foot both, <laughs> both ways, don't he? Or maybe two feet. Um, and of course we had the world famous Friday phone in everyone's favourite podcast for the treble tier it's official the most yep. popular thing we do uh, where you can submit your questions comments and concerns and have them quite literally Stephen aired on the podcast that's right yeah wide array of topics again including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizzas yeah all, uh, the, all the things that really really get to the heart of yes, yes. football it's it's hot button topics but the fact is they ask them Stephen they pay their money and we need to answer them Speaking of paying money, Celtic have paid out some money yes. today as Mail Soro has arrived. Um, yes. It's one that's been going on for a wee while. There's been all sorts of work permit problems or medical things. Strangely, Celtic sort of announced that he'd passed his medical and now he came into the country. Oh, since when are we announcing things like that? David, since David Turnbull. Yeah, not only <laughs> that, they announced him as having passed his medical in the strip with the, the usual like 
Celtic graphics. Very odd decision. I, 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 I think they're just scared now of getting <laughs> their, their fingers burnt or getting absolutely roasted on social media. Um, we had a look at Soro a couple of weeks ago. We had him yeah. scouted and we done a full player profile and a professional scouting profile available on Patreon. Um, the profile's up there if you want to read it and of course we discussed it on the Transfer right. Window podcast. But from what we can gather, Stephen looks a bit of a player, an energetic ball-winning midfielder who can actually pass. So a sort of a combination between Brown and McGregor. Yeah, well... Um, Not as good as both, maybe, but that on the spectrum, that's where he lies. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in between. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him properly now that it's all... But, well, it is confirmed, so... But all, all encouraging, as I said, all the information was on the on the Patreon on there. We won't delve too deeply into it, but suffice to say, we're encouraged by what we've what we've found out about him. Um, the the idea being that he's maybe a at least short term cover for Scott Brown if yeah. if the need arises, and maybe even early days, but potential successor. We've we've been there with Kuasi right yes. now. I'm not gonna get to I'm not gonna get to yes, he is the successor to Kuasi. <laughs> he's the successor to the successor of Scott Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um do you think this was a position, Melly, that we needed to fill? We did discuss it in the first episode of the transfer on the podcast, Central Midfield. Does this guy fit the profile of someone you thought we would go after? I hope so. It's something a wee bit different, isn't it? It's a wee yeah. bit of a mix of both players and that's what you want. He, he might not be as good as them, but still a young guy and Boy, do we need it because we are wheeling out players willy-nilly these days going on about Callum McGregor playing the most games in Europe and all that. Not something to be proud of, lads. I think uh, we're, we're pretty much at an injury. Would you call it a crisis, Stephen? Something like that. Um, we have seen a couple of games recently where formations have been forced because simply so many players are, are unavailable. We've, we've gone from having a million wingers to having none. And then, well, a couple of them came back for the, the Ross County game. But it's a mini crisis. It's definitely a concern, at least, if not a crisis. Uh, yeah, Melly mentioned Soro as a young guy. Doesn't he look it, though? Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> looks comfortably 30 years old. But, but we'll see how he gets on. It's a four and a half year deal for Soro. He said he wants to come in and just put in the hard work. He's saying all the usual stuff. He wants to come in and put in the hard work and win over the manager's trust and he wants to play for Liverpool. <laughs> did you see that? No, no, I did not. No, fair he's getting a bit of stick online saying he's he's happy to join Celtic. Celtic a massive club band. He has a dream one day to play in the English Premier League. He wants to play for Liverpool. Now, usually I'm okay with players coming in and saying I want to play in the Premier League because to do that, you have to you have to play really well here. Yeah. You need to, you need to, if you want that promotion, you've got to work hard and that's fine. Just don't name specific teams. <laughs> don't say the exact team you want to play for. Was it Bangura? Was the last one to uh, do this? He came I in, am sure he... He came in and basically in his first interview referred to Celtic as, not in so many words, but a stepping stone to the, the Premier League. I think the thing we've found out, that's two players we've brought in at the moment, McClamalla and Soro, and two things that we discovered when we scouted them and that Neil Lennon has sort of said is, that they're not really players to go right into the first team. He said um, the next player he wants to sign is a winger. He wants some competition on the wing, someone who can come right in and with a bit of experience. But would you feel, Melly, a bit more comfortable if these guys were maybe not projects, but we, we know we don't like that word, but someone to go right in at the first team right now and do it? Yeah, I would, because we're coming up the start of February. By the time they get into the swing of things, it'll be end of February, maybe, yeah. March, if, if we're lucky. That's another two games we haven't seen Clamalla come on at all. It doesn't it doesn't fill you with great confidence if the other players have been brought on before him. There might be reasons ahead of that. And if Neil Lennon's saying, look, I want to go out and get an experienced winger as well, you do want somebody to go in and make an impact straight in the team. Now, we got a bit of luck at the weekend with certain results, but the team's sort of crying out for something new. And it's very hard to find an experienced winger who's maybe got like English Premier League experience who's used to winning games who contributes assists and scores a lot of goals I mean where are Celtic going to find a, a winger that scores like 20 <laughs> goals um, especially in addition to one they've already got in El Yunusi they're, yeah. they're, they're not they don't grow on trees these these are already established wingers who are m maybe out of favour in a more moneyed league they, they're not really all that readily available um, giving them away <laughs> there's um, there are levels to the you know the quote project stuff. What I 
can deal with is if someone is coming in with a plan to be really challenging and really providing competition in six or seven weeks time what I categorically do not want is people being brought in with a view to playing them in two seasons time yeah. or maybe even three or four like Kuasi and then it just disappears off the face is that, is that, that thing I you're do talking not want. about that short term goals long term goals yeah, yeah. In, I mean we could try and hijack the Huns bid for Divock Origi yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently they want to try and bring him in now he's available just mm. go in there and get him gazumped um, another one of Brendan Rogers signings has left happy um, birthday to the great man thanks for Celtic for <laughs> a, uh, edit, that. Yes. edit that out um, another one of Brendan Rogers signings has left Ibui Kuasi he moves to Genk on loan pictured training with Genk before the loan was announced I thought that was a peculiar one um, the writing's been on the wall for Kuasi for a long time hasn't it <laughs> well, he's been at Celtic for a long time yeah. at this point. What is, what is that? Three, three years? years now? Yeah, come. In fact, yeah, no, by the end of January, January. yeah, there will be three years uh, with this some some contribution of absolutely zero at this point. A couple of decent games in there, but for the guy to be not even playing, well, he played a couple of development games, didn't he? At least one who I came in. Was, one, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I remember Tom on ranking at the reserves mentioning uh, something, but for him to have figured so little this season when to all intents and purposes for all we know he's been fit since yeah. since the summer so nah he was all just getting rid of him again if you see if it's taking you three years to get into the Celtic team and you and you still aren't anywhere near it it's game's a bogey abandoned ship to be perfectly honest Genk Genk seems like a decent move for him I don't see him coming back I don't think this is going to be a loan with a view to no they, well they've got an yeah. option if they want, to, yeah. they want to they want to take him on they probably would have signed him they might just have a bit of a question mark over his injury mm. and yeah. his fitness and all that because as you see he's not played a lot of football um, Connor Hazard joined Dundee on loan he was on loan previously at Partick Thistle wasn't he yep um, yep that is also something that happened next, yes, next subject yes and you want something else that happened uh, Jonathan Afalabi joined Dunfermline um, that one was interesting to me because I remember when he joined in the summer he joined with a bit of promise and yeah. Lennon said that he was looking for him to push maybe get himself into the first team he's found himself effectively fifth choice striker in mm. Dunfermline just now but if he's not going to play you might as well just get him out on loan get some minutes into him and I suppose the last bit of transfer business to wrap up is we want to say an emphatic fuck off um, <laughs> to, uh, I was thinking of it all with swear but it deserved it to Southampton right. apparently they're watching Jeremy Frimpong well they can keep watching him watch him on the telly watch him on the stand but you won't be watching him in a Southampton shop Melly. hopefully not the boy's been on fire since he came in We injury the now but hopefully he'll be back we can't afford to sell any of these no, guys no. I think we're all for Frimpong we'd maybe see him from now towards the end of the season but he's just accelerated right ahead of um, these expectations and See, to be honest, he, he's not played a, a professional game of football till this season, so he'd be better staying this season and next and then maybe moving on. Yeah, absolutely. at the end of the day, we can't keep these guys. These guys will be wanting to get to the Premier League and if they do well for us, as he said, that's what will happen. I saw quite interesting the spin that one of the newspapers put on it was Man City in line for a cash boost if Celtic <laughs> were to say, sell on a right. Frimpong to Southampton. I'm just thinking... How much can they possibly do? <laughs> but ten, maybe 10, 15, 20% sell on clause. So. 100 grand in for the <laughs> they're, they're sitting looking at their year end accounts going, uh, Shake, whatever your name is. <laughs> Shake Mansour. I've thrown an absolute a, a mega bash. <laughs> I, 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 100 grand they'll get. I, in, I need yeah. that, uh, that. I need to buy another watch <laughs> to get that 500 grand in. My gold plated toilet's looking a bit shabby these days. <laughs> going to sell Frimpong and get that dough in. Maybe he needs a heated driveway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, hard no on that selling from Pong at this stage, absolutely not. We outlined, Melly, when we sat down to do the transfer podcast, we outlined the players that we thought should go. Lee Connor, obviously, is another one who's gone on loan to Partick Thistle. Yeah. Um, and they, those are the sorts of guys that we've, we've picked out for going. But out of the question, no first-team players should be leaving Celtic. I know Monaco were sniffing about Odson Edward. He'd be mental to join Monaco. I mean, the 16th in League uh, at the moment. Like, uh. I there's that one it's unthinkable that Celtic would sell them but I think Odson would be looking at that going I can probably do a bit better than Monaco I can just look at Moussa Dembele look, the writing's probably on the wall for him if he doesn't go in January uh, Leon have signed that striker we were in for Kidwery. yes and so they're doing this thing where like, they're going to sell somebody but they get somebody in before yes. it's <laughs> mental yes. stuff uh, so he could be likely away in the summer so Edward could do a lot better than Monaco right now he could go to the Premier League or he could go to Leon in the summer but he has to be here to, I don't think there's any players in the squad the first team squad now that can really afford to let go we've got rid of the 
the crap. So, so see, oh, I'm sorry, but now we'll, we'll talk about Odson Edward quite a bit tonight because <laughs> yes. he's, he's most heavily involved. But just to say, I'm not in the business of selling Celtic players. I don't really want to talk about that. But see, if we're talking about being linked with clubs, see if you're, I mean, forget Monaco, see if you're Man United and you don't have a look at Odson Edward. Yeah. I don't know where Marcus Rashford, with a really bad injury, they're struggling up front, they've never replaced Lukaku. If you're not looking at Odson Edward, you're negligent, to be perfectly honest. As Edward Woods. Yeah, well, possible. true. So, I, I, again, I don't want to be, I don't want to be linking players away, but just on your point that he could do an awful lot better than Monaco. Not that Man United are any great shakes, but they're certainly a bigger a bigger and better club than Monaco. I'd, they'd be crazy uh, not to be looking. Man United, their chairman only gets paid, what, £3 million a year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, just, just, on, just on Man U, right? Do you think Man U fans are some some crybabies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man U fans are some crybabies. Like, see, if you listen to Man U and you read Man U Twitter and you see it, you, you would think they were battling relegation. <laughs> I know. They, they're fifth. I know. The fifth in the Premier League. <laughs> Stop crying all the time. Stop wanting to sack your manager. I, know. I saw somebody put up one of these viral images. It was like, it was like Old Trafford, yeah. but I want my club back. It's like, like you, you fifth man, just <laughs> relax. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll spend some money and get it going. Um, by the time we sit down in this chair again to record the podcast, the transfer window will be closed. Mm. Shuts at midnight on Friday. Um, what do you want to see, Stephen, just as a closing statement on the transfer window? By the time we sit down in this chair, what do you want to see? Another two. Another <gasps> two in. Uh, well, Lennon has said it. Lennon says he expects another two in. I don't know if he's including Soro in that, but he better not be because well, Soro was signed probably a week ago. Tec- no, no. Technically, he said before Soro he wants another two in, and then I think and yesterday he says he wants one more in. Right, okay. Uh, well, I want... If we're going to get this winger, then good, because that that's something Martin that probably needs addressed. No, uh, no. <laughs> Martin Boyle's a decent player, I'm not, but no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Much of the same way, we're always linked to these players like Cosgrove and all that. Right? They're, they're okay, but I don't... It's back to the dialer days, if you're yep. making those yeah, sorts of signings. Ex- exactly. Boyle's good. Boyle's a good player, right? But I'm not interested in... That's not going to kick you on to the next level. That's just going to be another... Without wishing to sound disrespectful, it's just going to be another squad filler. It's not going to push Celtic on any... No ages? Ah, he's deceptively young, isn't he? Or 26. Is he 26? Sorry, right, he looks even older than that. Did he not go bald at like 19 or something? Yeah. <laughs> just back from a cruciate injury as well. Yeah, nah, right no, no thanks. So <laughs> if, if we're getting the winger that Neil Lennon seems to be after, then good. I would even push it probably to uh, another centre-half. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Benkovic talk has started back up again. Mm, I don't yeah. see it. Lennon, don't see Lennon it. didn't really play him last no. year, and it doesn't seem like Lennon's sort of centre half, does he? No, I mean, Jozo started to feature again. There's a bit of talk about him getting a new contract. Oh, come it's on, crazy. Man. <laughs> Honestly, it's silliness. That would be another Scott Sinclair thing. Yeah. where we've given him a new contract for absolutely no reason and you end up just costing yourself money. Jozo is fine, right? But I, the word I used last week when he came back in um, for the injured beat-on very early on was rusty and he doesn't seem to have blown off any mm-hmm. of that rust, to be perfectly honest. Jozo is is a decent defender, but he's been at Celtic, what, five years now, Melly, you were saying at the game the other day. Uh, you kind of win them all, right? Celtic are good at bringing in players and selling them on at good profit, but when you look at Jozo's career, yeah, it's been very, very unlucky with injury. You bought him for what three point eight, four point two something million. It was quite a lot of money anyway yeah. for for a young centre half. Five years on, he's not really played all that much. He's never fully established himself, and then you'd probably be lucky to get one million for him nowadays. So you you kind of win them all in that regard, and I don't expect Celtic to. But giving them another contract would be absolute madness for me. Uh, Celtic have got an option, so they'll probably take yeah. the option and, and and extend it for an extra year. But I, I agree with you, like any sort of long term deal for yeah. Jozo Morovic is a it's a silly idea. Melee, by the time we sit down again next week, what do you want to see transfer business wise? Same as Stephen, a winger and ideally a centre half, because as we see right now, we are very light. El Hamid's injured, Beton's injured, and Ayer's been in and out, so mm. he must be carrying a sort of knock. And it only leaves us Simonovic and Julian, and Simonovic cannot be relied upon. No. So ideally a centre half, but I'm not going to hold my breath, to be honest. Okay, that's it. So let's get into the game. Celtic returned from their winter break to league duty uh, to play Kilmarnock 3-1 performance wise wasn't the best they oh, seemed a, harsh you know, I, think so. I thought I thought that was a bit stop start they seemed a wee bit rusty we got the result Lee Griffiths got himself a start um, another new formation sort of plucked out the bag I suppose this one was more down to 
Injuries, the net Nelson Lennon going with the 3-5-2 in this instance. A formation that he's familiar with, played at a Hibs. He obviously played it a long time under Martin O'Neill. He said that himself. He also said it was horses for courses. I actually quite like the 3-5-2. Um, I think the main takeaway for me, though, from this, this one was I think there's a wee bit of work to be done. If we're going to try and play this again, there's a wee bit of work to be done. Edward and Griffiths, Melly. At times, they looked like they were competing for chances rather than setting chances up for each other and working symbiotically. Yeah, there was bits of it that worked. The three centre-halves sometimes didn't quite know who should go, who should stay. There was a couple of times they got in each other's way, but uh, Edward and Griffiths as well. It was a lot better link-up in this game than it was in the Thistle game. It was, yeah, yeah. It was none whatsoever in the Thistle game, but this game, they actually did link-up well at times. It was a lot, lot better. And I could see wee shoots of... Like you think that this might work. I think the formation will need a couple more games, but it will only be used in possibly away games on the plastic pitches because it gives us a bit of a wee bit more stability at the back, uh, bodies wise, and with the two wing backs bombing on, uh, Hayes and Frimpong are very forward thinking. It gives us that wee bit of solidity behind them. Yeah. But I thought the midfield three done really well. I thought in Cham played really well. Considering going to Kilmarnock's always tough, no matter on that pitch, no matter how, how good form you're in, how poor form they're in, to come away from that game with 3-1, the only downside on it was the Frimpong injury. I thought, look, it's, it's hard to play well on those pitches, so to get that yeah. result was cracking. Did you, were you surprised to see Jozo on the pitch? I mean, uh, uh, when was the yeah. last time he played a plastic pitch? Uh, last time, never. I don't know. Yeah, probably uh, never, um, ever since his knee injuries of a couple of seasons ago. This, this is his first start since AIK at home in August. The three centre-halves that played in this game... Are the only three centre-halves? Yeah, they, they all played in that game as well, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure it was a back four in that game. It was Ayer right, right back. back? Yeah, Ayer would have been right back then. Um, Jozo, it's a total necessity, though. I was surprised to see him because usually it's a total write-off. You just you just assume Jozo's not going to be in the team. Same with Rogic. You don't tend to play these, these guys on the plastic pits. But again, the word I use is rusty when it comes to Jozo. Up front... Against Thistle, I remember when we recorded last week, I said that it looked as if Griffiths was deliberately trying to be seen to be linking up with Edward just to, to dispel all these criticisms that he can't link up with players yeah. his best alone. I said yeah. that after that game, but I started to see a couple of encouraging wee signs. It was much better. It was much better in this game. They actually played very well together. Griffiths, who, who we'll talk about, obviously he's been, been in the headlines again for... No, nothing to do with his fault right enough but for all the wrong reasons once again due to someone else but um, I, th- I thought he was he was actually very good in this game see just on the on the lineup though um, Hayes comes in for Taylor who it was okay against um, Thistle but do we need to have the Taylor conversation no well, again I think Taylor has to have the Taylor Aye. conversation Aye, well, with that's Sunday what I was at this point because Hayes comes in for him um, but Bollingoli is not in the squad at all. Is there any news on him, or is he just just not just not selected? Choice, yeah. yeah, that's that's a strange one. Um, well, when Celtic signed Taylor and Bollingoli, I thought when the window slammed shut in September. Right back, we have uh, El Hamid, and what now looks like Frimpong. So El Hamid in tough away games like Lazio, Frimpong yeah. will play the domestic games. On the other side, I thought. Taylor would be more the defensive sort of fullback and ball and goal bomb on. It's not quite what that, but I don't see Taylor as a left wing back. That's where yeah. why I think Johnny Hayes played. But even if it, if it was my choice, I'd play Taylor there anyway because yeah. I, I'm not a Johnny Hayes fan. Again, look, gave a hundred percent, gives everything. Can't play football. Can't <laughs> I, play I thought football. he was fine against Kilmarnock. In fairness to him, but he's, uh, the Ross County game was an entirely different. Fine for. Yeah, right. Johnny Hayes yeah. or fine? Yeah, well, yeah, the first one. <laughs> but we can't keep having the Johnny Hayes conversation. I mean, why not? What's it going to take him? It cost us a goal because he nearly cost us three goals. Every chance Ross County had in that game was because of him. Well, that uh, whilst I appreciate that, I want to have the conversation about Greg Taylor, but because. Bowling goalie, I think, has just bombed out. Neil Lennon has yeah. probably tried and tried and tried and went... Because we heard the rumour, we discussed it on the transfer of the podcast, we've been talking about a million times already tonight. We heard the rumour that Neil Lennon wanted a left-back and we were quite surprised at that. But now you're looking at it a couple of weeks in, into January, Bowling goalie, basically out of his arse. Since the Rangers game, Neil Lennon's obviously washed his hands and went, I can't rely on this guy. Yep. He's obviously watching Greg Taylor in training going, he doesn't have it. He's watching Johnny Hayes in these games and goes, that guy gives me 100% every game. And... 
And if it's if that's what's keeping Greg Taylor out the team, if Johnny Hayes given one hundred percent is keeping Greg Taylor out the team, then Greg Taylor needs to go. What am I doing? Because does it come down to running? Does it just come down to that Greg Taylor doesn't do as much running as Johnny Hayes? I don't know. I just feel, I feel that... I, if, I don't think it is that, incidentally. I think Johnny Hayes is better at taking the ball forward to get you more yards and he's probably a better crosser of the ball, more dangerous in the final third. But Yeah, he does. Yeah, but with Greg Taylor, I think having Greg Taylor and Frimpong on either side leaves us very lightweight Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the physicality. I know that's not everything, but when you look, it'd only really be Edward... And the two centre-halves that had any sort of height and presence, wouldn't it, if we had Greg Taylor in there, Frimp on the other side, Forrest Johnson, McGregor, Brown. There's not a lot of physicality in there. I keep saying that word, but maybe another, it's maybe another, something to do with that. Another thing as well we miss, though, is we all criticise Lustig for not getting forward, but a lot of teams kind of do that now where they have one full-back. We had Tierney, who went up and down, up and down, up yeah. and down, and the other guy that tucked in and made the three. And I'm not, you're looking at that, you're going... We don't really have that either because Frimpong doesn't ever tuck in. He goes, Hayes goes, they both go and it sort of leaves Brown to sort of sit back and shield a wee bit. We are missing El Hamid. I think if El Hamid was on the right-hand side, maybe Greg Taylor would see more yeah. game time in a back four. But if we're going to a back four, I think Greg Taylor should be in there every time. I'd even have a ball and goalie ahead of Johnny Hayes because he woefully exposed on Saturday. But we'll before, on we, before we go asking any questions about Greg Taylor, I would, I would first ask questions about how we've managed to wax up five and a half, six million pound on left backs and Johnny Hayes is still yep. getting games. Yep. That's yep. that's more of a pertinent question. The guy's in contract in the summer as well. A, it must be a trust thing. I think yeah. it, mu- it must be a trust thing. Um, well, we're talking about fullbacks, I suppose we might as well talk about Frimpong. Oh. He was, what was that noise for? <laughs> a harsh one in the wee man, wasn't it? Oh, it was that, well, we can get to the foul in a minute, but I was going to talk about his... Uh, his overall play was great oh, on the night. Special. They absolutely could not cope with him. He set up Odson Edward, who... Let me ask you a real question, okay? <laughs> Let me ask you a serious, right? Take a breath. Have a wee drink of water. Odson Edward or R9 Ronaldo, who's better? <laughs> who's better? Because that touch, he had absolutely no right to pluck that ball yeah. out of the air. It was a, I think it might have been a handball. I think the 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 Kilmarnock player sort of turned his body out of the way and it sort of went for a handball. But the ball sort of bouncing off the ground. Edward catches it in mid-air, turns with it. Controls it and sticks it by the goalkeeper. On that pitch as well. That yeah. looked great on grass, but on that pitch, the coolest guy, and we, we watched it just before we came down here again, Stephen. You said it. I said, see if I had to take that touch off a defender, it would have looked absolute yeah. class instead of just class. But you said, but that makes it even harder it does, for him because yeah, he adjusts. Yeah. And that. The guy, this is why Odson Edward should be taking every free kick, every penalty, <laughs> yeah. because he is the coolest guy. Any other player would snatch at that, maybe balloon it. He just slots it home as if it's he's, he's the he's only guy on the pitch. He's an Edward because there's... Ah, that puts him in samurai's bracket. <laughs> no, no, I just, mean, I just mean like, the thing I love about the guy is he doesn't seem to have as much personality as Dembele. Dembele was all show and all going. He's clays. Aye, and he's closing <laughs> up. But, but in the cell, but Edward just does it quietly. He just And he just pulls yeah. his performances out of the bag and some of his finishes and his touch. Any other striker in that scenario, after he's taken the first two sublime touches to, to fashion the, the chance out for himself, after that chance, any other striker, we would have been talking about how, yeah, do you know what? The defender's done enough there. He's done enough. Yeah. He's done his job. He's done enough to put him off because he got the touch on it. Yeah. The defender did okay. But what happens is, Edward, he doesn't snatch at it, right? So the defender does get a touch. It comes back off Edward's shin, maybe. He doesn't snatch at it. He just takes that wee half a beat, like quarter of a second, mm. adjusts himself and sticks it exactly where he needs to put it. It's, it's unbelievable. Jamie, we were talking, uh, after we did our team of the decade um, last last week you were making a case for Odson Edwards being ahead of Dembele and I didn't really want to hear it at the time because Dembele's obviously a, he's something of a recent iconic figure in Celtic's well Celtic's very recent history but see now you're in you're in that canoe pushing Aye. for Edward to be the 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 goat here the potential goat scooch up a wee bit oh, man. There I'm, go, man. Look, I'm uh, climbing a board you're, look Melly, if there's one thing your old dad knows, <laughs> it's a player. <laughs> it's a player, and I've said I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. It's it's the Odson Edward show for me. There's no uh, touching just, the guy, and just just enjoy it, enjoy yeah, it yeah. where we can because it's it's not often we get players of that level. Obviously, we've, we've got two of them. We're talking about you had them, Belly and Edward, but I feel like we've we've won the lottery twice, twice. in a couple of years with two no, tickets no, no. in a row. I, d- I disagree. Yeah. We did not win the lottery, Odson Edward. We went out. Oh, that's we very found true. a terrific yeah. young player, 
and we paid the dollar for them. That's very true. After a, a period of trial, with, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah, yeah, admittedly yeah. that. But they went, "How much do you want for this guy? Nine million. Brendan said it. No brainer. And you know, I know people within Celtic were like, "What do you mean, no brainer? It was nine million quid." Yeah, you're absolutely right. No there's, brainer. There's, um, treble your money easily. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad comparison because. It, it can be applied to Dembele because it was that cross-border yeah. thing. We got him for way, way less than he was worth. But Edward wasn't the case. Celtic did extremely well signing that and went out and we've been saying it for weeks on here, you get what you pay for and boy do you when it comes to odds. That's what you need. Yeah. you need. If you want to win leagues and you want to win competitions, you need a player like that in your team. Yeah. And, and when we sell Edward, that's what we need to go and do. We need to go out and just buy another. Like that, I mean... Kadwar is a bad example, if I'm pronouncing the name right, who went to Leon. He might have just wanted to go to Leon, but we were in for him, Leon signed him for 10 million euros, and you're looking at it going, I hope it's not the money that put us off that guy. Yeah. You know, if he turns out to be a player and we just didn't want to spend the money, you're thinking, mm, you know, we've had the money conversation before. You started this this wee segment talking about Frimpong, though, and I think it's important we go back and talk yeah. about his, his role in that, because it was excellent. Again, I'd maybe been worried in recent weeks about how are we going to the well too often with Frimpong? Are we kind of pushing him a wee bit, risk of burning him out a wee bit? I know he's injured now, but... He the came well's over mate. Straight back to form in this game. I thought he was terrific and brilliant for this goal. Totally made it um, with his run down the right. Lovely wee touch around around the defender to get him away. A wee bit of luck with the cross, but it's, he'd done all the, the work and we, we often say you make your own luck here. Um, we've already spoken about the goal, Edward put it away lovely, but Frimpong deserves immense credit for, for his role in it. He was involved in the second one as well. Um, yep. uh, like attack, thwarted by Christopher Julian, um, played the ball out in Cham. Cham plays it to Frimpong, does his thing. He plays it inside to McGregor, who I think McGregor's been really good in the last couple of games as well. And he's, oh, yeah. he finds Lee Griffiths prowling at the back post, alert to it. Initially, I thought it was offside. I thought there was maybe a shades of offside, but nothing no, called. It well. yeah. and, he, and he stuck it in at the keeper's near post. And then, and then he takes it to Chris Boyd. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, we may as well talk about that in a second. But just after the goal, the keeper obviously should have done better, but it was... A wee bit un, it unbalanced. Sort of takes a wee deflection. Yeah, it was it was a deflection. You still need to be getting a hand on that. Right enough, it was right, very very close to him. But he'll take it. Um, Griffiths again. He's back. He's scored two in a row prior to the Ross County game. So all we can ask of him. But um, obviously, as I alluded to earlier, he's been back in the, the headlines for all the wrong reasons through no fault of his own. Yeah, I thought in this game because we had the width of Hayes and Morsel Frimpong. Brown sat and allowed McGregor and Cham just to go. Sort of, he sat and then the two went. I thought the two of them were brilliant in this game. Yeah, such a hard surface to play on. There was commander players flying in everywhere. Obviously, the ref just waited till the last ten minutes before he started booking players. But I thought in Cham and McGregor, maybe not their best game, but just great performances due to all the circumstances, the pitch, who they were up against. Thugs basically, yeah. and the ref not doing anything to protect them, but they just kept going, kept going, and find their passes, find their range. It was brilliant. I thought and Cham was really good actually. Lee Griffiths scored at Kilmarnock, um, scored at Rugby Park last season as well in a two-one defeat in uh, oh, a Celtic rancid. team that included Jack Henry and Yusuf Malumbu. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the the celebration, Steve, which you alluded to, was was aimed at Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd is he would only get a job in Scottish football. And Scottish football coverage embarrasses itself by giving Chris Boyd a job because what it does is yeah. it gives Chris Boyd a platform every single week to whip up some pathetic tabloid controversy just to get people talking about Chris Boyd again. And and that's all he's interested in. He's taking out these ridiculous personal vendettas on, on players that are playing the game. Some so-called mental health advocate to criticise Lee Griffiths for not starting games and getting your stats wrong <laughs> when right, everyone yeah. knows he spent seven or six months out the t- out the game battling these issues that yeah. he had, it's insensitive. But it, moreover, I don't think Chris Boyd even cares about that. You know, Chris Boyd. Would, nah, if you sat Chris Boyd right. down and went, you realise you were wrong in that. <laughs> aye, and I'm not going to apologise. You know, stupid sneering smirk. All he wants people to do is talk about Chris Boyd, and it's and it's an embarrassment to Scottish football that we continually give this guy a job. Well. <laughs> 
I, I like to watch my language on this podcast, but so I'll, I'll re- refrain from swearing and just uh, say that I'm not a fan no. of Chris Boyd. Uh, as the reach of this podcast grows, I start to become aware of these things. So I'm t- to paraphrase David Guetta, um, I'm trying to find the words to describe Chris Boyd without being libelous, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Now, Chris Boyd's a disgrace. Um, I don't see the appeal with him. I don't. He's not. He's not Graham Soonis, He's not Roy Keane. He's not one of these guys who. He's just a bam. Yeah, isn't he? yeah. He's just. He's just a bam. Um, it, it was led on from him saying, I believe that. Lee Griffiths had four weeks to, to save his Celtic career. I've not got a problem with him saying that. It's an opinion. I don't disagree with... Uh, I, rather, I don't agree with him, but he's fine saying that. If that's what he thinks, the Lee Griffiths has to turn it around in four weeks, fine. The thing is, just to correct myself there, I, I don't know what it is Chris Boyd is telling us. Like, if his point is that Lee Griffiths hasn't played much recently, we know. We know <laughs> that. But if you're not going to acknowledge the reasons for that, then... You're not doing your job correctly. You're doing the player and the audience a disservice. You're treating everyone with contempt if you just go in there and flub some um, stats to to prove your very kind of facile point. I, I just I don't know what his aim is. And the thing, Melly and I discussed this a wee bit in the, the Friday phone in when we get a question regarding that. Chris Boyd is is he's like a symptom of this thing now in modern football, this modern football obsession with people who just want to be controversial. And I don't understand why we give these these people the oxygen. Has it occurred to no one in Scottish football that you're allowed to be positive? Yeah. You, yeah, can, I... you can get a job, you can get a name for yourself by being good at it rather than just being a, a, a bam, just being an arsehole. I don't understand it. And the, the, the comparison I often make is that you don't even have to be all that insightful you don't even have to be all that knowledgeable. Look at, I mean, his colleagues, he works for Sky. He works for the same company that employs guys like Paul Merson, Chris Kamara, Matt Letissi. That's what I mean. It's, it's Scottish football. We yeah. feel like we deserve people like Chris Boyd. Those guys are all just, you may have a different... Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it was Sky. They've got, yeah. they've got Jamie Carragher and, yeah. and Gary Neville analysing their games and yeah. they've got Chris Boyd sitting there. I know. It, but, but just that those guys are very good, but I'm talking about the guys who who remain sort of appealing despite the fact that they're not necessarily ah, the most yeah, cutting edge. You, it's because they're positive. It's because yeah. they enjoy football and people like watching them watching football because they, they exude passion for it. What do we get? We get Chris Boyd and Andy Walker and Alex Ray just across these companies. It's not just Sky. We, we just, they're, they're absolute soul-sucking <laughs> like, enthusiasm <laughs> vampires. It's some of, uh, again, I could talk about this all night. I don't want to dedicate too much of our content to talking about Chris Boy because Lord knows he doesn't deserve it. But I just this this thing has to stop. I just I wish Scottish football had something better going for it than just guys who just want to well arseholes. Chris Boy does a fan of stats. Um, Lee Griffiths signed, signed for Celtic was six years ago. Yeah, six. Yes, Lennon yeah. signed them, didn't he? Lennon signed them six right. years ago, aged about twenty four. Chris Boyd, at the same age, uh, was failing at Middlesbrough, went on to fail at Nottingham Forest, <laughs> failed in Turkey, and by the time Chris Boyd was the age that Lee Griffiths is just now, he'd failed at Portland Timbers and was back at Kilmarnock. So that's there's a couple of stats for you. If you want to have a look at more stats, Chris Boyd has won two Scottish Premier Leagues, two Scottish Cups and two League Cups. Lee Griffiths has won six Scottish Premier League titles, four Scottish League Cups and two Scottish Cups. So if you want to delve into the stats of it and see who's got time to save their career and whatnot. Well, that's the other thing. As far as getting the stats wrong goes, you work for Sky, mate. Somebody could have done that for you. Somebody could have knocked you up some accurate stats. I I don't believe for a single second that somebody couldn't have looked into it for you. So... He's obviously done that entirely on his own without clearing it with any producers <laughs> yeah, whatsoever because they would have taken a look at it and go, mate, that's not right. He did. You see him looking down at his wee bit of paper. And, and, this is, and that's the point. It's, it's, it's not even well thought out. It's, it's back of the fag packet criticism yeah. Yeah. just so people get talking about Chris Boyd. We've fallen into the trap, but we, we're going to do it on this podcast. Melly, you've already said you don't want to talk about him and that's fine. But, you know, just to find a point on it, it's... Chris Boyd criticising someone's effort and work rate. Do you know, know what I mean? The, the guy's guy no, he's no Roy Keane. The guy get dropped for every old firm game as it was back yeah. then because he couldn't be trusted. How many times did he get called up for Scotland and not play? He's standing there beside the Scotland manager who's possibly going to pick Lee Griffiths for his next thingy and he's trying to do this personal agenda. Aye. The guy crossed the line, man. I don't want to speak about him yeah. anymore. Clark was mortified as well. Aye. Clark was absolutely he didn't mortified. didn't want any part of that. Aye. Embarrassed. Um, embarrassed for himself and for Chris Boyd because any time he was asked about Lee Griffiths, he just did the 
He did what he's supposed to do, an international manager. He's not going to talk about individual players like that. All he did was he said, well, you know, I've got this striker in form. I've got Lauren Shanklin scoring goals. I'm looking at all these guys. And he kept talking about Lee Griffiths to him and he was just like, oh, oh, but... And, 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 <laughs> and one last point, Lee Griffiths doesn't have anything to prove to MD. No, Lee Griffiths no. came to Celtic, himself, scored probably. lots of... Well, aye, aye. But he came to Celtic, scored lots of goals, has lots of success, and if he left tomorrow and decided he wanted to go and play for Stirling Albion for the rest of his career, then the last person on this planet he needs to answer to is Chris Boyd. Yeah, <laughs> aye, absolutely. Come on, did get their goal um, a bit of a... Finally, uh, after five games worth. Well, it did come down. It came down the left-hand side, Melly. Um, there was a bit of a stramash in the box, poor clearances. Again, you're looking at it going, is that poor communication by the three centre-halves? The boy hits a, one of those shots where you dig it against the ground for outside of the box and Kabamba. Kabamba, yes. Kabamba, he nods started, it in. The reason, the way to remember this is that Kamarnock play La Bamba after, oh, he, after he scores now. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Spanish, I think. <laughs> so Kamarnock got their goal. You don't want to see it, but Celtic at this point were two up and Kamarnock didn't really trouble as much, mm. did they? No, it was, it was against the run of play. It was like, sort of enough and I don't think the play, the, the play merited it, but it was a wee bit of a wake-up call for Celtic. They were they were strolling in the game and you don't really want to be like that in the, on that pitch because that can happen at any point. But they let in the goal and then thought, oh, we better waking up here, lads. And waking up, they did. Yeah. The the goal, uh, scrappy one, I think Jozo played someone onside in the first phase then managed to clear it out to the edge of the box. And then with a scalaft volley comes back in across. He again, he leaves the guy, Kabamba, directly behind him. Julian is playing everyone miles offside, eh, onside rather, out on the left hand side as well, and the guy just stoops and heads it in. It was a, a very, a, an easy finish for him, but again, a couple of, a couple of wee basic mistakes in there. Jo, I, I don't want to keep having a go at Jozo because I know he hasn't played an awful lot of football recently, but he is very, very unsure of himself. He's just rusty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a bit Bambi on ice. Um, Celtic obviously got the third goalie Griffiths contributing again. It's good to have Griffiths back because I think he's probably the best corner taker. Yeah, his delivery was good again, and uh, I was just sitting just behind the the brand new disabled section that the Huns so oh they loved it. So when, as soon as he hit the free kick, he uh, hit the corner because the delivery was that good. And that way, you sort yeah. of prick up because oh that's a delivery. And Jozo, the header, was an absolute oh, peach. Just came back across. Wasn't it Jozo, mate? It was Julian. Oh, Julian. Did Aye. I say Jozo, sorry? <laughs> in there like a freight train. Oh, the salmon, man. Absolute <laughs> belter of a header. Keeper, no chance. I thought they had that Brunescu keeper, but they must have, he must have left in January. Because... He was on the bench. Oh, was sure, it? I think so, yeah. I'd never heard of that keeper they played, but yeah, he had no chance. It was an absolute bullet header, and that's what you want to see. Another one at your tally, Steph, as well. Yes, me? yes. One of my uh, bold predictions at the start of the season was that I think it was 11. headers. Yeah, 11 between uh, Julian and Ayer. Uh, I guess I think it must be about five or six by now, but Julian. Honestly, he could have, he could be on about 10 or 12 goals. Uh, I feel like he gets at least one major chance yeah. in every game. There was a couple of substitutions in the game. They're all worth talking about. Um, first up, I suppose, uh, Griffiths got substituted and threw something at a fat Ayersherman <laughs> who is a... Pa- that guy must have been given Lee Griffiths some horrific abuse because even Craig Gordon, who seems like quite, quite a mild-mannered yeah. chap, got himself in the mix. I think Lennon said that after the game as well. He said he and a few of his teammates and the coach and stuff were all defending him over it because aye, we, we can only only imagine the kind of things that have been shouted at Lee Griffiths. That said, don't throw anything because you're just you're giving people a reason to blame you for it and that's that's the last thing we want. Just, if that tape had, had landed, if that tape had exploded, it would have taken Oh, God, aye, you could have killed somebody. <laughs> I'd have booked him for his throw right enough. Would you have? Yeah, just I, for the throw. Do you, know what, do you know what noise he would have made making that throw? What is it? Eh. Oh, is it like when is you it, try and throw with your left hand? Aye, is it like that? I'd like to have a look at that, yeah. Um, Mikey Johnson came on. I do like Mikey Johnson. I think he's a good wee player. Yeah. Decent enough when he came on. One yeah. good chance as well that he fashioned out yeah. for himself and just yeah. bent it around the far post. Yeah. Just just before we finish up on Griffiths, actually, something's coming to mind. The free kick with him and Edward. Um, I think there might have been two in this game. Well, that looks set up perfectly mm. for Edward, at least on one occasion, and Lee Griffiths decides to take it himself. Stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Edward would have said, this is perfectly set up for me, a right footer, and Lee Griffiths would have put both fingers yes. in his ears <laughs> like a celebration. Yeah. Just battered it. No, don't do that, Lee. Um, next up was Frimpong. He gets substituted off. He gets stretched off after what seemed like an age. Yep. After yeah. he was absolutely smashed. Mm. Um, a big old robust challenge. Don't know how it wasn't a sending off. It's... 
Uh, it comes in for me, comes into that area, Stephen, that we've talked about on this podcast about being in control of your tackle. I, I did at the time. I didn't have a huge issue with the tackle. I know it was it was hard in a, a cotton with the follow through. I I don't know. I think I think a booking would have been enough for that. I don't think it would have been um, a straight red or anything. I, I didn't have a huge issue with it at the time. It's just unfortunate he's been injured in it. Um, didn't get a booking at all, but did he? No, no, never get no anything, I didn't no. think he did. No. I've not. Look, it was difficult for me to see at the game if it was a bad challenge, but that wasn't what annoyed me so much. It was the fact that it took to the last 10 minutes for people to start getting booked again. There was some meaty challenges earlier in the did game. Did Cham not get a, an awful soft one here? silly one yeah. for uh, nothing. Meaty challenges flying in the whole game again, and the ref just lets it away. Like, oh, you're better than them. You yeah. should be able to handle it. Whereas if he booked that guy in the first half, that challenge doesn't happen. And one of the best players in Scotland doesn't get stretched off injured. Yeah, that's a good, very good point, yeah. Was it Piver? Was that his name? Yeah. Silly name. <laughs> silly, <laughs> silly name. Um, Moritz Biver came on, who obviously started in, in the Ross County game. Yeah. And then finally, probably the most peculiar substitution all season, I think. Um, Clamalla got some minutes. The new guy on the block, obviously, got some minutes against Partick Thistle. 96 minutes we decide to take Edward off and put Bio on. He was electric. Bio? Oh, yeah. Well, for, well I can only gather, Stephen, was to let clubs know that he still exists. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. You yeah. know, to let yeah. clubs know, look, this guy still exists. Look, he's here and he's alive and he exists. Putting him in the shop him? window. Basically, yeah. it seems like something that Neil Lennon would do. Firing him straight through the shop window. <laughs> Last time, Fraser Foster played at Rugby Park. Friday, a Friday night, 14th of March 2014, 3-0 oh, to Celtic with a Chris Commons hat-trick uh, and I won't go through the whole team it was a decent enough Celtic team, got the job done but listen to this bench go strength and depth, lads <laughs> Zaluska, Off. Owen O'Connell Biram Kyle, Samaras and the, the unholy trinity of Dirk Borigter, Amid Obaldi and Timo Pukki. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know what? You were saying, like, see when you were reading that bench there, I was going to say, can he be that bad, right? <laughs> can he be that bad? Because I was looking at our bench of Gordon, Taylor, Bio, Klamala, Bauer, Arzani mm. and Johnson. I was like, I mean, that's pretty weak, that bench <laughs> as well, but nah, nothing will top. That's terrible. <laughs> Game that's changers. what we're going back to. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're going back to. That's yeah. what That's what... Peter Lowell, let's say, uh, can get away with him when Neil Lennon's Poor Samaras was an unused sub in that game, and oh my days. Pookie, Berigter, and Kyle came off the bench. Oh. <laughs> um, so that was it. Celtic back to winning ways after the bye. Very important. You need to come back and, and hit the ground running. That is. In the league, at least. Well, yeah, yeah, in oh, the yeah. league, yeah, yeah. But that's the first time Celtic have beaten a team by three goals since the 1st of December when we played Ross County. Yeah. Which brings us nicely into the Ross County game, oh, I suppose. Yes. Uh, another 3 0 win for Ross County. Celtic returning to Celtic Park for 2020 season. And with them, they brought yet another formation. Switch back to the old 4 2 3 1, Melly. The old tried and tested. Uh, happier with that? Uh, happy with that at home because, as we've seen, Ross County, not very good. We've already smashed mm. them what, six and five, four goals yeah, this that's season. Right. Yeah. And at Celtic Park, a back three with maybe one guy marking, it leaves two players there, so it's not really necessary. Back to the tried and tested. Edward goes to the bench, Johnson and Forrest came in. Didn't really get off to the best of starts, though. No, uh, I think Lennon said that after the game as well. He said it was a flat first half. and, a, and a, less than flat. Yeah, and Ross a very County good second. Ross should have been ahead. Yeah, they did chances in the game, Very good they? chances for Ross County. At least three or four in the first half alone. Not they, all what, of them. what side did they come down, Stephen? <laughs> they, they came down our left-hand side. So let's, let, we'll get into that. Not all of the chances, when you talk about chances, obviously you can talk about expected goals and all that kind of thing. I don't want to say, oh, the huge chances as if all of them should have been in, but it's no exaggeration to say Ross County could have been 2-0 up at one point. There was one, I think it was both Mullen, um, one where he, he hit it right at Fraser Foster's near post. You're not going to beat Foster from there, no chance. There was another one that came straight down the middle. And yeah, he just lobbed it. Maybe a wee rush of blood to the head. Tried to lob Foster, and it went well over the bar. But the, it was the it was the ease at which Celtic were being opened up in the counter that was a wee bit of a concern. The first it was half, just a through ball, but yeah. both times it, it happened again as well between Jozo and Hayes. Those balls in, and the crowd were getting restless because yeah. it, it's not as if they were doing anything brilliant to open this up. It's just a left back shelling it over, and they were in every time. It was worrying to start with. 
is the first time I've seen Celtic so easily carved open with one or two passes since very early this season. I remember Sarajevo was a wee bit like that. We just when we're kind of feeling our way into the season a wee bit. There was it was kind of one two passes, and then all of a sudden it's a chance. Lazio is a different um, a different matter. It's an entirely different level yeah. we're talking about. But I thought Celtic were very Ross County to give them a credit. They were good on the on the counter on at least two or three occasions. Didn't get the goal, but if Ross County had anything about them up front. Celtic could have been a wee bit of danger in that first half. Yeah, and it's uh, a bit of a worry, but at the same time, Bowers came in, so it'll be Bower, Julian, Jozo and Hayes. Yeah. That defence won't have played together. We see we need no. to start trying to get a settled defence. I know Frimpong's been injured, Elhamid's now injured, but two centre-halves have been pretty much mainstays, but we need to sort this now because this is business end time. This yeah. is where, at the start of the season, we had major surgery, we brought in what? six defenders in the, mm, yeah. the summer so it was going to take a while before it settled but now going forward we, need, we see, sort of need to get a settled defence and get playing because this chopping and changing between three left backs yeah I think the the back four allowances yeah allowances have to be made for the fact they've not often played together but that said that doesn't mean it should be an out and out like basket of cats. No, yeah, that's it. Teams like Ross County specifically targeting your left yeah. back area, you need to try and do something about that. For example, going down our left back position, turning and playing in their striker on two occasions in, in the second half, that's not because you're not used to your yeah. teammates. That's unforgivable. You, you don't get to look up and say, oh, well, Ayer should be standing there. He's not <laughs> even playing. No, that, that's not how no playing together works. You do make allowances for lack of communication and maybe a little bit of positional confusion at times, but it's, it shouldn't be, as I say. It, well, it is, and that's what worries me. It's a bit of a mess. See, yeah. if you think back to even the Rangers goal, Ryan Kent's goal against us, mm. it was positional confusion. Nobody knew where to pick up Ryan Kent. There was a lot of it in this game. You know, you know, we get Kent, we're getting caught up the pitch. Johnny Hayes is up the pitch. We're tracking back. A lot of the time, he's coming inside to close the ball down. Leaving yeah, a space, certainly for their first chance yeah, here. Leaving a space at left back and no nobody's really picking it up. Joseph's not got the pace. It's just and there was a there was a lot of that sort of as you say, positional confusion, especially mm. between I think it was Jozo who was playing yeah, the right, left the yeah. left hand side of the centre half and Johnny Hayes. You just think you, you need to tighten up on that a wee bit. It's, yeah. This is stuff that you need to be working on. It's basic stuff that, like you say, Melly, the chopping and changing as they help them, but we're in the final stretch of the season yeah. now, really. That said, I don't want to be too negative about it. I just mean, I do agree with Neil Lennon. It was a it's a slightly poor first half. We're much much better in the second half, and certainly with the introduction of a certain man we've already spoken about. There are more to come on <laughs> Odson Edward of this podcast part two. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the first half was was slightly shaky. Not without chances for Celtic as well. James Forrest was very unlucky with a header. A, that was a basically save. point that blank was a header save, that, that the guy somehow saved. Uh, going back across himself, just left the hand out and stopped it. That was an incredible save. Um, huge chance for Julian again, as we've just uh-huh. mentioned. Um, a header. That said, I just didn't want to... The, chat of this have to go by without at least mentioning that Celtic had their chances as well because too easy to fall into the trap of saying oh we were under the course Ross County absolutely battered us just wanted to highlight that Ross County did make chances out of nothing I just don't think that Nathan Baxter's a bad wee keeper that Ross County have got there I think he's on loan from Chelsea is he? Is he? Ah, I right, so. okay I don't think he's that bad a keeper right Let's talk about the goal so we can get to the <laughs> yeah. right? Okay, so Callum McGregor scored a penalty. Uh, a wee bit, a wee bit soft, but Mikey yes. Johnson wins it. McGregor steps up. That's half time. I just wanted to say though, Mikey Johnson did really well there because he he committed the defender. Yeah. It was a wee bit of a soft one. It, it was a committed was a penalty. Yeah, a committed. Um, he committed the defender, and it was a. There was an awful lot of gravy on the pass for Jozo as well. It was like it was at shin height. He somehow managed to control it and and take it on the turn. And the guy just sort of one one thing that I thought they were him. particularly vulnerable at this game. And I thought Celtic were particularly dangerous, and it's something I want to see Celtic do more of. Is see that direct pass from about 20, 25 yards out forward into somebody's feet into yeah. the box. Much more dangerous, much more effective. We've got players that can take it under control. I thought that was a much better line of attack than the sort of aimless crappy crosses in for the left hand side yeah. that Johnny Hayes was delivering yeah, you know, the, the penalty Hayes. came for that straight shot yeah. I think Forrest had a really good chance of mm. playing it straight into feet like that um, I, I think those that, that distribution for the left for Hayes wasn't really that great Melly and I discussed this on Melly at the match he is capable of fizzing in 
dangerous looking balls but quite often it's just into areas where no Celtic strikers happen to be you can't really criticise him too much for that because he's probably under instruction to get it into certain areas but it's not really an awful lot of use if Lee Griffiths is you know, held back five yards or something looking to pick up the second balls or whatever the, the crosses look dangerous but ultimately they're not that difficult to defend against if Celtic don't have anyone in there he didn't have a great game, Johnny Hayes. That has to be said. Again, I don't want to turn this into the the, the Hayes bash, the now weekly Hayes bash, but he, he wasn't very good in this. No, and again, we missed Frimpong on the other side because yeah. Bauer, he's just not as good as going forward as him. No. That's not really his game, but we really did miss the two fullbacks, and that's probably something that we probably struggled with, but it wasn't until the introduction of Edward where Forrest and Johnson got a massive lift from that and then they started taking on players and that's when we started to get joy. It was just a sort of back four that wasn't really given as much. Hayes, as you said, was putting balls in. Bauer was trying to get forward and take players on, but it wasn't really working for him. Yeah. He's not he's not really got that in his locker and I find it difficult to break them down. McGregor penalty though, stuck it away nicely. I uh, didn't really expect him to be on the penalties yeah. with Griffiths around, but um, I was perfectly happy for him to take it. Eight goals for McGregor this season, which is, he's been quietly just ticking away with the goals this yeah. season, which is already his second best tally behind the double treble season. I think oh. he got 12 that season, already got eight this. So he's, he's doing well, three in his last six, I'm pretty sure it is. So I um, just quietly going about his business as usual, Callum McGregor. We quite often forget to acknowledge just how consistent and yeah, he's turning out the key yeah that's it well you said it Stephen the introduction of Odson Edward really turned this game about came on at 63 minutes played half an hour of football scored two goals and walked <laughs> away with the man of the match um, <laughs> that's how it's done I, I, I don't know how Lee Griffiths feels about that I'm sure he's very happy he's a team player and he likes to see it you know Lee Griffiths does contribute but Odson Edward absolutely different class <laughs> again we could have spent the entire podcast talking about Odson Edward yeah. we probably looking back we probably should have actually. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, aye incredible what an impact um, and he deserved the man of the match to, be, to be perfectly honest because he completely turned the game not even I know it's obvious to say because he got two goals that, that ultimately won the game well got it over the line but he just lifted everybody on the pitch. Forrest all of a sudden came into the game. Mikey Johnson got much better. The two of whom were you know, on the periphery of the game um, up till that point. Not that they'd been bad, but he just he just lifted everyone. He's uh, he's certainly becoming the focal point for this season. If Celtic want any chance of winning the league, we've got to keep this man fit. We've got to keep him scoring goals. We've got to feed him good chances. And, and it's getting the players around him to help him do that now. James Forrest came on a game, as you say, when Edward came on. I thought Mikey Johnson looked really good when Edward came on. James Forrest's forms dipped a wee bit recently. Do you think he recovered a bit of that in this game, Mel? I think so. He did. He did look a lot better. And look, I think Lee Griffiths will be frustrated because he didn't really get any chances created for him. But Celtic didn't exactly completely change how they play. But as soon as Edward comes on, there is that guy to hit. Yeah. And I don't mean like punt it up to him, but get it into his feet and no matter how you get it into his feet you know it's going to stick with him he'll bring other players into the game Lee Griffiths is more playing off the shoulder yeah. whereas Edward drops into spaces confusing the defenders they don't know whether to go whether to stay and that's what creates space for other players and he just as you said he just lifted everything like goal, his first goal another goal from a corner by the way yeah, this is becoming yeah. a bit of a a bit of a habit but it was a Decent enough ball in, but if you're Ross County, the first goal, you're saying, why is my guy just yeah. stuck a leg out there? That's silly. Second goal, their main striker's free in the six-yard box. That's not good enough from them, but after that, the next goal is absolute liquid football. It's pure Lenny ball, tremendous goal, and the way the guys fizz the passes into each other, I don't think we do that when Lee Griffiths is about. That, that's a very good point, because for Lee Griffiths in this game, um, yeah, he put a shift in. It could be argued that he wasn't given an awful lot of service, but the key there is that Edward provides something different. Yeah. It's like, I'll qualify that by using the example of James Forrest's pass to him for his second goal. James Forrest waited to leave, to give him credit. He waited to the absolute perfect, perfect moment to squeeze it in between, I think, three players. But he hits it in at such a pace, and Edward, it just sticks to him. He doesn't play that past Lee Griffiths because he's looking probably to go over mm. the top or in behind Lee Griffiths. He's not going to give him that ball. So it's not that Lee Griffiths wasn't getting any service. It's just that Odson Edward provides so many different options you to know, him. You know yourself. Like Stephen, you, Melly, you, when you're playing, when you're playing a game of football 
and Stephen, like you're you're midfield, and you see me and Melee up front. You see me up front. You know you fizz a ball into me. It's getting controlled first time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, a cushion. Like, yeah, like a knock cushion. it round yourself. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'll do that every day of the week. But you're looking at Melly. You're thinking, God, I'm a bit nervous. I'm going to have to hit this long and let this donkey run. <laughs> and that I think that's I think that's the difference between Odds and Edward and, and Griffiths. Edward so playing a pass to a brick wall. <laughs> I, it inspires so much confidence that you're going to hit a good ball at him. And you know he's going to do something yeah, with indeed. it. Indeed. Yeah. Even if it's a bad ball, as yes. we saw against Kilmarnock, he'll do, he'll do something yeah. with it. Nineteen seconds, but from when Fraser Foster rolls that out four players involved five passes I think back of the net indeed and uh, it's a comparison that's already been made tonight but there was something awful r about that goal as well the way he takes Aye. it in and just busts past the player it, that comparison has been doing the rounds quite a bit because it was a picture of the two of them together yes, Brazilian Ronaldo and Odson Edward which is going to be iconic in years to come that's a goal a third goal against Ross County but it was a kind of special goal because you saw how the play was brilliant and I think inside the stadium the way me and Stephen celebrated the two was just like ah <laughs> <laughs> and just realised that this guy is absolute class man. Yeah. there's only one guy on the pitch that could do that and he just puts it away as if it's nothing nothing yeah. to him because it is nothing to him and as you said just enjoy this guy because even if we've got just to the end of the season with him it's going to be amazing if we can keep him fit we should go on to win the league as long as he's in the team because he is much better than anybody else in the league. It's starting to look like the Kieran Tierney, the Virgil van Dijk, the Dembele. Yeah. He's too good for the league. Was it Torres, Fernando Torres against Barcelona back in the day? Oh, Gary Neville, Neville came, that, oh. came in his pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a bit like us for that goal. <laughs> well, I don't do ifs, buts or maybes. I only do absolutes. And uh, Odson Edward is the best striker since Henrik Larsson. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. I ain't <laughs> mad at you for that. Uh, so that was that. Celtic win again. Uh, make it 2 out of 2 in the league since we come back. We are 10 points better off after the same amount of games that we yep. were this space last season. I think people sometimes forget how bad last season was. Rangers right on our coattails though. <laughs> Until they uh, <laughs> until they managed to slip up there against Hearts, a team that looked destined for relegation. Rangers have conspired to jump five points against Hearts already this season. Yeah, this is a close league. These things matter. The game in hand Rangers have got now doesn't look so secure. No, we need to keep winning. You know, Rangers done the same thing last season, didn't they? They came back from they beat us. Yep, they come back for the break. They lose to Commander. That's right. Um, yeah, I was looking at the league and see the way the league is right now with the top six. So Hibs are six points ahead of St. Johnston, maybe, whoever it is. But the way that the top six is panning out now, Celtic will have played Aberdeen away twice. They will have played Rangers away twice. They will have played Motherwell away twice. They will have played Livingston away twice. And they will have played Hibs away twice by the time the split comes. So technically Celtic should have five home games and Rangers should have five away games. Never going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> no. yeah. But if Celtic can get these tough tough games out of the way, going into that split, we'll have three home games, one of them against them and they'll have two. They're, they're going to start to... You've seen when they don't have Tavernier and they don't have Morelos, they don't have a tactic because yeah. they just shell those balls in. Yeah. But... They're not a good team. This is what you were saying before. That's what it's before annoying. they played us. They're not a good team. We just... Our arse just absolutely collapsed on the day. The... The thing I'll say is as well, we've got the better players. Yes. And we've got players that have been through the course and that's what it's going to come down to. And it's holding your nerve and holding your will. And, and I don't have time for Stephen Gerrard coming out immediately after the game and mention Celtic. Wait, apart from throwing his players under the bus. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned Celtic. Celtic were waiting for us to blink. Mind games. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mind games. He's thinking that we're going to watch that and go, oh, great. Forget all that. Just focus on the target. This can all hand. change but by one game. They yeah. were high as a kite the last league game coming a week into the, the new year and they've dropped points it's very tight at the top so there's maybe a reason not to panic if we drop points but if we keep adding pressure onto them we've got a lot of away games coming up and if they're looking at that thinking it's another away game they've won yeah, because that's 16 games to go it's in our hands uh, easier said than done if we win 15 of them we're champions a word on hearts obviously I, I hate hearts I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like hearts in oh any way boy we all do Stephen yeah. uh, but what I did say when Daniel Stendhal took over was that do you know what I hope he does something I hope he does okay with them not, not for hearts benefit but just because um, I, I just want to see a manager come in and not be roundly ridiculed by the Sports End Bowling Club. Alex Ray. Yeah, Alex. Just, the, just the usual peanut gallery. And it is, um, <laughs> Why uh, did you say peanut after I said Alex Ray? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
I'm encouraged by the fact that he came in and the first thing he identified he had to do was gut the place, yeah. clear out all these. Like, just <laughs> did you hear the John Daly interview? Ah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. John Daly, like it's embarrassing. He said he didn't trust me after I had a five minute conversation. I'm thinking to myself. John Daly, it took him five minutes to work yeah. you out as a fraud. <laughs> 100%, yeah. So it, the first thing he's decided is he, he has to gut this place. All the old Palzac losers, just get yeah. them out of here. Christoph Berra. Glenn the, Whelan. Yeah, Glenn Whelan. John Daly. All these, like, Levine hangers on. Like, just get rid of the lot of them. And you will need to put up with the, the guys on, as I say, Sports Sound and other, um, other outlets who will phone up X's pal and get them a bad mouth the new manager, or why didn't they get Stephen Presley and he understands the league, etc., etc., et right? I, I'm just glad that someone is at least temporarily doing better in the face of all that usual dinosaur pish. And what a, what a signing Liam Boyce was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, yeah. What, what a signing. But Let's hear it for the boys. Yeah. Right, but you you said that, Melly, one game at a time, it's yep. back into our hands, we just need to keep winning. Next up, we've got St Johnston and Hamilton. You're wanting six out of six. There. Oh, yes. Looking forward to it. Perth and Wendy. St Johnston finally got a win again, but they're not looking very good. Hamilton, no. you always want a win, but I like beating Hamilton just so it just pushes them further down. Further yes. down. Because I think Hamilton. Well, last time we. Well, like, Stop, because last time we dismissed Hamilton, it was squeaky bum time at Celtic Park, so we're not going to do that yeah, again. Yeah, and we, we only beat them 1-0 on El Eunice's uh, debut. James Forrest got the early goal. So it is always a tough game up there. It's another crappy up, up pitch. There. Up there in yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> no, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> With Hamilton, I feel like everyone has just become that, that, that Lemmy meme where he's, he's like, get down, get fucking uh, down, get down. I feel like everyone's just saying that to Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Get down, get down. Final word though, I just want to congratulate Jack Hendry on making the, is it the A-League in Australia? The yeah. A-League Team of the Week. Uh, I know, incredible, we should never let him go. Uh, he made the Team of the Week alongside such names as former Reading ace Adam LaFondra and former Partick Thistle stopper Ryan McGowan. Uh, a man who has won cups for clubs in two different countries, can you name them? No, you can't. It's Hearts and Shandong Luneng Taishan in China. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been Oh, is that Ryan McGowan? Yeah, oh, yeah, Ryan McGowan. Right. He's, he's aye, also aye. in the team of the week in the A-League. That's right, that Ryan McGowan. And on that bombshell, <laughs> we shall end. You have heard us talking a lot about the Patreon, but what we have forgotten to do is tell you where to find it. <laughs> you can find it at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. Um, and if you just like the Monday podcast, feel free to leave us an iTunes review. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.